The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. take a statement that was made in the Bible that pierced me. Um, it's found in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 22. I'm going to read a few verses before that to give you a little contextual setting in verses uh, 15 down through 25. And then may the Lord give us something to go home with. May he give us to me. Three times Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep feed my lambs. The main job of a pastor is to feed the people the truth. Uh, that's our job. I take it as serious as I know to take it. Two and a half days a week, I isolate myself with God and my, at my home. My wife's not there to bother, I mean to interrupt me. Uh, I'm by myself. People say, you get lonely by yourself? I'm not alone. Oh, he walks with me and talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. If you don't take, it's, uh, some people a lot smarter than I am said you ought to take 10 minutes a day and say nothing and do nothing but meditate on God. Just 10 minutes. You, you, you young people with, these, uh, with this, this syndrome, this syndrome, you can't be not checking this or checking that. Get rid of that thing. I got one. But it's not going to dominate me. Don't let it dominate your time. You can't. You almost can't live. I've gone to eat with some twenty-somethings that you can't carry on a decent conversation with them without them looking at their phone. I'm saying, let's put that phone in the middle of the table. First one to grab it buys. <laughs> Order you a big ribeye. They ain't gonna to touch it. I get that. I get that renegade, or I get that outlaw ribeye, twenty-seven bucks. Oh, they don't touch their phone. Verse 15, now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And when he sat down at the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have, not, have thou nothing to do with this just man, that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Now, I've often looked at that. That's God's mercy. Even an old heathen like Pilate, and he was a political maneuvering heathen, cared really about nothing but himself. God gave him an opportunity to step back. Sent his woman. Now, I don't know about you, but if my woman comes to me and says something, I pay attention because nobody loves me like my wife. 
And I, if my wife says don't do something because I've had trouble, I'm going to stop on that. Think about that. Think of the power. God sent a witness to him. As, mo- as powerful as you're going to get, have nothing to do with this just man. Just man. The chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask, Bar- ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor asked and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. What an injustice. Who had healed among them for three years? Who just a week before that in the triumphal entry had said Hosanna in the highest? And the Bible says in, 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 in the Gospels that they, they re- realizing all the good things and miracles that Jesus had done. They were rejoicing about him coming on the colt as their king. The Bible says the whole city was moved with his presence. What happened in seven days? They knew Barabbas was a bad guy. And this is the verse, the text, the Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather the tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude. This is famous. Almost everybody knows about this section. They they take that bowl and they put his hands in the water, you know, to try to somehow justify himself. And he said, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. He said the same thing his wife said about him. See ye to it. But nobody had power to put anybody to death but the Romans. And Pilate, whether he did it aggressively or passively, allowed Jesus to be put to death. The Jews couldn't do it. Then answered all the people and said, his blood, and boy, oh boy, have the Jews regretted this. You want to know why there's anti-Jewish spirit in the world? Let his blood be upon us and on our children. And brother, that has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled to this day. Let's go back a few moments before this trial that we just read here. He had been with his disciples at the Last Supper. We call it the Last Supper. It was really Jewish Passover. And he was with his disciples, and he said, oh, with desire, have I desired to be with you. Have you been away from somebody for a long time? I mean, a long time. Like you've had a soldier boy that's been overseas. You have had a grandson been overseas, could have been killed, three of them, in combat, kicking doors in. Dr. Heller's son was doing the same thing. Could have died any day. And you get to be with them. They make it back. Now, there's just something big about that meeting, isn't there? Jesus said, with desire. I have desire to eat this Passover with you. He knew from the... T- and when you say, when did he have consciousness as a baby? I don't know. But he knew. He said over and over again, my hour has not yet come. He knew his purpose. Before the foundation of the world, twice the Bible says that the Father and he decided that this was the way it was going to have to go. That for man to be redeemed, God would have to become man. 
in representation of anybody who would believe he would die, take the full penalty of the sin that men did upon himself. And so then he would be qualified to give away eternal life as a free gift. Why is he giving it away? Because there's no way you're going to earn it. There's no way you merit it. There's no way you can make it happen. It either comes as a gift or you don't get it. And finally, they eat together. He dismisses Judas. They all take off and walk across a little valley. There's just a little valley. I've been over Jerusalem, that area, and the Mount of Olives. And they, I've been all over the side of the Mount of Olives there. In fact, stayed five days on the top of the Mount of Olives. And, and uh, there's a little garden there uh, with the uh, olive trees that they say could be the children of the trees that were there when Jesus was there. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Those olive trees were about 700 years old, they think, 800 years old. And they think the line of trees could have, because those olive trees have been there since recorded history as far as the children of Israel go and Jerusalem. And so it's interesting, you go to that little place, and it at that time was a garden place, a place of beauty, and Jesus goes with his disciples from there to the Last Supper to this place called Gethsemane. He tells his disciples to wait with me. Would you pray with me for an hour? And Jesus becomes extremely distressed. The realization, and, I, and there's nothing, there's no way we can, we can understand this because we're not pure. But as a pure, sinless, spotless son of God, the thought of him taking upon the sin of the world was bigger than... He collapsed under it. The Bible says he went off and fell on his face and prayed, Father, if it be possible, all things are possible with you that this cup could pass from me, but not my will but thine. I'm glad he prayed that. How about you? He could have said, Father, it's over. I'm not going to do it, and things would have changed. He said, I'm going to do it because God cannot lie. He could not say that. And he planned to do it, determined to do it, and indeed was going to do it. But not without the humanity of Christ. You see the humanity of Christ there. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he sweat as it were drops of blood. I believe that's exactly what it was. That he sweat to the place where his capillaries on the skin broke and, and they mixed with the sweat, and it looked like as it were drops of blood, but it was sweat and blood mixed together. Some of us old people understand that easily, don't we? You can't cut a rose without bleeding. Your skin gets so thin when you get old pretty soon. When I say thin skin, I don't mean just we get angry easily. Though that may be true. But we get thin skin, brother. And I don't know how it happened, but under the stress, the Son of God, was he, he, he was under the agony of the emotional and the mental agony and spiritual agony of taking on the sins of the world there. In John... Uh, 18, 2, it says, Judas also who had betrayed him knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. It was a garden place. It was a place he had gone often to. It was a place Judas Iscariot knew. It was one of his favorite places to meet with the Father in mutual dialogue the Bible calls prayer. It was a beautiful place, the last place on earth before he perished that he would be free. In the distance, 
you can hear the noise of a group of people chit-chatting and talking and, and clanging as their, as their instruments and their war and swords made noise as they made their way up that valley. The sight of the torches came into view and the muffled voices of the group became more clear and got louder and louder. The crowd approaches. It's apparent that this is some sort of a paramilitary group accompanied, however, by... Is that who I think it is? Is that? That's Judas. What's Judas doing with them? Imagine what the other disciples were thinking. What? We thought he... We thought he's one of the best guys of us. He kept the money. We thought he was the honest one among us. Couldn't give it to Peter. He'd have blown it. Judas, what are you doing with them? These obviously are the priests, paramilitary. And they come up there and they had a prearranged that Judas would go to the Jesus because they were not sure who he was. Remember, this was at night. And they wanted to make sure they got the right guy, so they had made an agreement with Judas. He'd go, and what in the world? Look at Judas. He's going up to Jesus. He's, he's giving Jesus a kiss on the cheek. Why, he's saying, Master, Master. And then Jesus says, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? From there, they take him to Annas, the high priest, the father-in-law of Caiaphas. And from there, they take him to Caiaphas, the acting high priest. Here he gets accused of blasphemy. He gets smacked around, sentenced to death by them, but they don't have the power to put anybody to death. Then he's taken, beaten, spit upon to Pilate for the official word on crucifixion. Pilate, a politician, questions him carefully is warned, as I said before, by his wife to leave him alone, gives in to the Jewish or political pressure and has Jesus scourged. A lot of times people didn't even live through the scourging the Romans gave. Finding he's a Galilean through, Galilean through this whole thing, and he's from Nazareth, that we know he's born in Bethlehem. They didn't. He's up there by Nazareth, Capernaum, by the Sea of Galilee. They said, well, Pilate says, well, whoa, 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 this isn't my jurisdiction. Remember what his wife said, have nothing to do with this. So he says, oh, I'll send him to Herod. I'll get rid of him. Send him to Herod. That's Herod's jurisdiction. Now, he and Herod were enemies, bitter enemies. The Bible says until that day they became friends. Because Herod had been wanting to see Jesus, had heard about him. He was, he was the epitome. Herod was the epitome of a horribly spoiled little rich kid with absolute power to put people to death. Imagine putting people in power with that kind of personality. If, you didn't, if Herod didn't like it, he put you to death. If he thought you were against him, he put you to death. He eliminated everybody around him that had any kind of challenge to his power. Jesus, he oh, he for a long time, the Bible said he longed to see Jesus. In that, in that, in that meeting, he mocked him as a boy asks a clown to do some tricks. He asked Jesus, do some miracles for me. Do, do some tricks for me. Jesus doesn't, the Bible says I like this. Jesus doesn't say a word. As a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He goes back to Pilate. 
with his purple robe on and gives uh, Pilate brings Jesus before this crowd. This crowd that delivered him up, this crowd who hates him. And he says, you want Barabbas, which is a known murderer, or do you want Jesus? Now, Pilate, Pilate rubs it in him, rubs, it, rubs him a little bit. He says, or do you want the king of the Jews? The king of the Jews. I believe that was in a sarcastic way, every way you could say it to them. So he goes back to Pilate and gives this. He cries, what will it be? What will it be? Barabbas or this Jesus who you call the king of the Jews? The Bible says, and Jesus says in John 3, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The reason they delivered Jesus was not because he deserved to be delivered, was not because there was any evidence that he should be delivered, was not because he hadn't done hundreds of thousands of healings and miracles throughout the whole part of Israel had not been a blessing for three years that they had never seen before. It was because their hearts were evil. Because he convicted them of their sin. It made them uncomfortable with her hypocrisy and her covetousness. Pilate takes this bowl out and symbolically washes his hands in this bowl, claiming to have some no part in the man's innocent blood. And I say this, but the vain religion of man cannot wash away God's law. Religion is trying to wash your hands of the guilt that you bear. I'll, I'll do good works. I'll give to a noble a charity. I'll help old ladies across the street where they want to go or not. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. No, that's washing your hands in a bowl of water, brother. Water does not cleanse away your sin. Only the blood of Christ cleanses away your sin. Through faith in his blood can you be saved, and that's all. Pilate said, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And they all said, the Bible said, they all said, let us crucify him. This question rolls down the halls of history just like it echoed off the stone walls of that judgment hall. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? The question is not, what shall I do with religion? The question is not, what shall I do with the Pope? The question is not, what shall I do with confession? Or what shall I do with family traditions? Or what shall I do with belief in God? Or what shall I do with morality? Or what shall I do with baptism? Or what shall I do with church membership? It is what shall I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ. Jesus is still on trial today, just like he has been through the millennium since the question was asked by Pilate. Some avoid Christ, like Pilate did, by seeking to wash their sins away in any other means than by faith and repentance in Christ. They try everything else. They try everything else. But they're not able to wash it away. By the way, historically, Pilate was moved to a place called Gaul and committed suicide after he had stood right in front of truth. He missed it. 
You can go to church every Sunday for the rest of your life and miss Jesus. You can be baptized till your skin gets soft and miss Jesus. You can make confession of your sins and your wife's sins and you can miss Jesus. You can join this church and every church you go to and try to join them and be good, but you can miss Jesus and do you must come to realize that you are not able to save yourself by any amount of good works, any noble thing that you may do, but you must come as everybody comes to the cross naked and bare of self-righteousness and fall down before him and say, it's you and you only that can save. There's no other name under heaven given among men, the Bible says, whereby you must be saved. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Some contradict him, like Caiaphas did, but they don't contradict him now. Some betray Jesus, like Judas did, with a kiss of kindness, with a hypocritical double life, with pretending to be a Christian, or role-playing to be a Christian. That's what Judas did. He was so good at what he did that the other disciples did not know it was him. When Jesus said, one of you shall betray me, they went from one to the other said, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Uh, I'm talking about Peter, James, John, the rest of them. They said, is it I? He was so well concealed by his behavior. Some Christians ought to get an Oscar for playing a Christian. Pulpits across America are filled with Judases. Liberals who speak out both sides of their mouth, who are so nice and so kind and so gentle outwardly, but inwardly they're ravening wolves, sending people to hell with false hope, telling them they can be absolved of their sin by something other than the blood of Christ. Some made fun of Pilate. Question, like Herod, he made fun. He made it a game. They asked for some signs and wonders. I've had people tell me, if you know, if God would come to me and appear to me, I would believe. You know what I say to them? You would not believe. On the authority of the Bible, you would not believe. You would not believe. They make fun. They have Christian comedians rather and old hellfire damnation evangelists. Oh, I'm digging now. Christians have gone over to Christian comedians more than they, listen to some good old red-faced hellfire damnation Bible preacher that wants to try to save you from the flames of hell before you listen to that Christian comedian. I'm not against comedy. I like to laugh. But this life we're living is as serious as a heart attack. It's as big as it gets. That we have la- there's laughing revivals instead of languishing over sin. Some like the soldiers mock him, abuse him, spit at him, of their own enjoyment and own entertainment. That isn't going to last long. Those soldiers that mocked and beat him, they don't laugh now. They're not mocking him now. The Bible says in Psalm 2, verse 4, it says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Some like the crowd will totally reject Jesus and choose a criminal Barabbas over Christ to pacify their peers. What will they do when their peers are condemned? 
Peer pressure will send you to hell. I learned a long time ago, you got to stand away from your peers and stand for Jesus. Like you, don't like you, feel good, feel don't, don't let your peers take you down. Stick with Jesus. Some like Pilate's wife will be scared of Jesus and warn others about him, but unwilling to step in for him. Some like Peter will deny him at the first, but repent in tears later, serving him the rest of their lives. Some like Joseph Arimathea will claim Jesus and serve him with, at, at their own expense, whatever it costs. Some, thank God, like the thief on the cross, will ask for mercy, though he railed against him. The Bible says very clearly that both thieves railed against Christ. If you be the Christ, take yourself down from the cross and save yourself and us too. They railed like the people walking down the main street, railed on Jesus. So they did, but something happened to that one thief. Something happened to him. He heard him begin to speak and the seven kisses of Calvary. By the time he got towards some, some through some of those, he said, Father, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know that man was saved on the cross. Now, what do we learn from that? Well, we learn he never tithed. You need the Heimlichen, brother? I got some here for you. That's my song leader, but it's bad when your song leader is coughing himself out. He never tithed, so tithing must not be part of salvation. He never joined a church. Didn't have time. And so church membership must not be part of salvation. He never went to confession. I mean, to be honest with you, even Baptists wouldn't really be happy with remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. We'd be, that's a little weak. It was good enough. There was a heart there recognizing who Jesus was, that he was coming back, he's going to be resurrected. A lot said in that statement. But it wasn't the right wording, preacher, I know. So, evidently, confession, not part of salvation. He never got baptized. I'm a Baptist. But baptism's not part of salvation. He never had time to do any good deeds. Hanging on that cross. So, good deeds must not be part of salvation. He never took the sacraments. He never took communion. So, communion and the sacraments must not be part of salvation. He was not Catholic or Baptist or Lutheran or Methodist or Episcopalian or Presbyterian or any of those. All the thief on the cross needed was Jesus. He's everything. He's the all in all, sufficient one. Your faith needs to be in no one else and nothing else but the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of those things I mentioned, tithing, all those things, after you get saved, God wants you to do a lot of those things. Do them, but they are not part of your redemption. Nothing matters but what you do with Jesus in this life. What will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? What are you going to do with him? You say, I'm going to ignore him. You won't for long. I'm going to deny him. You won't for long. I'm going to cuss him. Boy, people. You go to a construction job, it's a favorite terminology. 
They don't say, oh, Muhammad. They don't, they don't, they don't, hit, their, they don't hit their thumb and say, Muhammad Ali. Talk about Jesus. Talk about God. They'll do that for a while, but they won't do it long. Nothing matters but Jesus. Nothing matters with Judas but what he did with Jesus. Nothing matters with Annas but what he did with Jesus. Nothing matters with Caiaphas but what he did with Jesus. Nothing matters with the soldiers but what they did with Jesus. Nothing matters with Pilate except what he did with Jesus. Nothing matters with Pilate's wife but what she did with Jesus. Nothing matters really with Peter except what he did with Jesus. Peter was not nobody until he met Jesus. And now he's a household word. A hundred years from now, nobody's going to know Bill Gates or care. A hundred years from now, nobody will know Ted Turner or care. A hundred years from now, in fact, right now, 20% of this population probably knows nothing of who Marilyn Monroe was. She's already being forgotten. Not long. In fact, a group of people in this room do not know who Elvis is besides just hearing about him. Many of you don't know who Kennedy was, John F. Kennedy or Robert Kennedy. Numbers of you may not know who Liberace was. I went to a Liberace concert, sat two seats away from him. I've never seen anybody play a piano like that in my whole life. But what matters in Liberace's life was not how good he could play the piano, whether he knew Jesus. What will you do then with Jesus that is called the Christ? Because, dear one, this morning in the sound of my voice, you've already done something. You've already decided. You say, brother, I haven't decided. You've decided that indifference is the decision. That indecision is the decision. I'll put it off. That's the decision. But let me tell you this. When your last breath has been breathed on this old world, there's going to be one person you're going to face eyeball to eyeball. The Bible guarantees it. Jesus talked about it. It'll be him. The Bible says Jesus is the God of the whole world. He's the judge of the whole world. He's going to be the judge of the living and the dead. And when people die, they're going to face Jesus. Now, I want to face him saying I've accepted him as Savior by faith and been, been brought, into his, brought into his church by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. Been saved. Been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Are you born again this morning? Do you know you know? Or are, you, are you doing what these people I mentioned are doing? They're, they're doing a scam. Uh, they're doing a, 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 a hypocrisy. They've got one foot in the world, one foot in the world. You're trying to just play the game and make it work for you. Or are you really a Christian? Living for Jesus. Oh. I bet if you talk to Pilate for a few minutes, he'd say, oh, whatever you do, trust Christ. It was truth. What is truth, he asked. It was standing in front of him. Don't miss him. You can be close to it. You can be in this room and miss it. You can go to church and miss it. Dear one, don't miss Jesus. As Pilate asked that question almost 2,000 years ago, I ask it again. What will, what will you do then? 
Jesus is called our Christ. Father, help us to know you. Reveal, as only thy blessed Holy Spirit can, your dear Son to these people. May, Father, they, they, they overcome the resistances, the false concepts that they may have learned through the years, may have been taught, may have been told, that anything contrary to what's truth, may they overcome it today. And may they say, I want to trust Christ and him only for salvation. The Bible says, Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Will you trust him? Will you say yes to Jesus today? Not to a religion, not to being a Baptist, not to being a Catholic, not to being a Lutheran, but to Jesus. You fought it, you thought about it, you weighed it, but you know in your heart of hearts that there's something after death. God's placed that in you to warn you. Why don't you heed his warning? And you come and let us talk to you about Jesus. Maybe you're a Christian, you've been playing one foot in the world, one foot with God, and you've been trying to do a somewhat of a con on God. Oh, you can, you'll never get away with it. Give yourself wholly, 100% to Jesus. May your life be pure and honest before him. Father, you come, do your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.